This week's quick tip revolves around the Unity game engine once again. Remember, when you're using Unity, any changes that you may make while in play mode are not saved. To make this easier to remember, you can go to the Preferences menu, find the Colors section. There you'll see Play Mode Tint. Use a slider to find a color of your choosing. Then, when you enter Play Mode, the interface will change to that color. Hopefully this will remind you to exit Play Mode before saving your edits. Hey guys, welcome to Game Dev's Quest, your once weekly podcast chronicling our journey from game dev scrubs to game dev bubs. Uh, hey, if we can do it, you can too. I'm Rhett. I'm Taylor. Bada bing, bada boom. Boom. Uh, dude, I think we missed recording last week for like the first time ever. Yeah, we did. <laughs> you were, so you were off in Neverland, dude. Yeah. <laughs> was that? Oh yeah. Yeah, I you was. were. I don't even know where you were. You could have been out of the country for all I know. It's all, <laughs> it's all like very cryptic. Like, dude, I got this uh, this thing going on, and uh, you know, I'm really busy. I'm working like 18 hour days. Like, oh yeah. Damn. Rhett's like working for the CIA. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I was, dude. Um, buying out rival antique dealers for a briefcase bomb. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> antique dealers you gotta wonder about those guys you know dude that was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's this movie and it's so bad but it's one of my favorite movies it's called bad company uh-huh. anthony hopkins and chris rock <laughs> and nice. <laughs> chris chris rock <clears throat> plays this character you know from new jersey or whatever and he's like a hustler he like scalps tickets and hustles chess and Anthony Hopkins is CIA, but Chris Rock has a twin brother who is also CIA, and they have been working to basically intercept like this Russian mob or Eastern European mob. Uh, they've been working to like intercept a briefcase bomb from them, and they're because they're selling it, and so they're just trying to buy it and get it off the streets, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Chris Chris Rock's twin brother is killed in the line of action. And in order for the deal to keep going forward, they bring Chris Rock on. And uh, it's it's a really good move. Like, I don't know why, but there's a line in it where Chris Rock and Anthony Hopkins start getting shot at. And because his brother was his cover was he was an antique dealer or, you know, you don't call him antiques when you're when you're that high up. You call him fine antiquities. Ooh. But uh, but. He, uh, they're getting shot at, and he's like, "Who the who the hell is shooting at us?" And Anthony Hopkins goes, "Rival antique dealers." <laughs> <laughs> and it is like one of my favorite lines uh, in uh, movies. And in fact, in fact, in one of my books that I've been working on, I think I talked about it in one of the most recent episodes that was just uh, released the one, the the one that just came out um, about cartography, and oh maps yeah, and stuff. Cartographic one of my books, literacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In one of my books I've been working on. Um, one of the main characters, he's a, he's a, well, he's a side character, but he is a college professor, but he's also a black market antiquities dealer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I love yeah, it, dude. it's fun. But, uh, nice. Yeah. I've missed you, man. Missed you. Sorry. We haven't had a chance to connect. I know. That's all good. I've been busy. Been doing all kinds of stuff. Rolling yeah. on forward, man. We did talk a little bit about stuff. We got some exciting things in the works, I think, um, which not all of them I don't think we'll talk about. But uh, yeah, do you want to just highlight what's been going on with us separately? I guess we. Yeah, man. I think the last time uh, we podcasted was right before the One Mechanic Game Jam two, which was a smash hit, uh, dude. Yeah, that was so fun. I know. I had a blast, and we had so. We had at one point nearly 60 people signed up for that game for the game jam, which is insane. Thinking that our top number the last time I think was 14 at one point. We had three games submitted last time. This time we had 21 games submitted, which is just insane. Yeah. Um, it just like 
I don't know. It goes to show like if you if you keep with it and keep putting yourself out there, like something good will come of it. And it just really made me feel like the whole point of the podcast is being fulfilled, you know? I agree. Yeah. And uh dude, I gotta hand it to you for helming that whole thing and just like A like making our game. <laughs> <laughs> And B, like running that freaking game jam. Like, I mean, I know that, you know, basically you just throw up a freaking bulletin on itch.io, but, you know, getting with people on Twitch and getting people with people on uh, Twitter and encouraging people to keep going and all this sort of stuff, man, you, you really did it. And, and also helming the Discord server. I barely chime in over there, but I, you know, I read everything that people write. I just yeah get so busy at work or whatever. I always, I never chime in really. For but. sure. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit tough because, um, you know, people aren't aren't contributing all that much yet, but we do have like 35 people or something like that in there, which is cool. And I've been streaming a lot more just on my own and inviting people watching me to join. And so we're getting people trickling in and showing each other their work, which is really cool. And uh, yeah, I've met some really cool people over the last couple of weeks. Um, when we were streaming, some really cool people showed up and helped us out. And, uh, yeah, dude, it's just been like tons of learning. And, uh, after the, the OMG jam two, just like feeling on a high dude, like I, I just can't, I still can't believe that we had that many people sign up. Like, and the cool thing was, this is like not that big of a deal probably, but I thought it was really cool. Um, we were on the front page of itch.io, our game jam. <laughs> like if you go, if you just went to itch.io, um, a little bit before and a little bit after and during that time period, we were like the second or third top hit on HIO. So a lot of people saw it, I think, which is really cool. And we even had a company um, that's kind of like a startup company. I think they're called Crowdforge. Um, reach out to us and, and ask us if we wanted to uh, join what they do, which is help build teams for projects. So like building teams for game jams and things like that. They asked us to put up our game jam on their site, which was cool. Um, it was a little bit late. Like we, we set it up like an hour or two before the jam started, I think, or maybe like the, the day before. And so we didn't have anyone on there, but they already have asked us like, when are you, when are you doing another game jam? We want you guys to have an early start so we can get people on here, which is just kind of cool. You know, it just shows people are, watching and seeing the the success that we're having and stuff so i think we're going to continue on making or putting up more one mechanic game jams do an omg jam three probably in the next month or two which will be cool yeah um we could do one in the month of december and have it be like christmas themed or something oh that'd be cool (laughs) yeah dude (laughs) um but yeah dude I, i i've played through all 21 games and there's so many fun games on there like it's really cool seeing yeah. what people how people interpreted the idea and you know obviously there's some some varying skill levels but it's really fun seeing that like people of all skill levels can make a game for the one mechanic game jam and it, it's all of them are fun you know it's crazy so that was really awesome <laughs> Dude, I love I love the <laughs> single mechanic you are the single mechanic on a plane that's <laughs> right? about to crash <laughs> oh dude so meta <laughs> yeah that was really funny oh god everybody i just i just love all the all of the um submissions we had um soon we are going to stream us playing all of them so i'm really excited for that me too um, yeah i like i just played them myself for like a couple minutes each game um, but it'd be cool to like get your perspective and if people are watching, get their perspectives on the different games. Maybe even the creators of the games can tune in and watch and tell us like, you know, what they had in mind and how they did certain things and things like that. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Dude, that'd um, be great. Maybe we should schedule that stream. So I think that that's people a really good like... idea. Yeah. This is a blessing. See, this yeah. is like this is like us getting out to um um <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Why can't I think? <laughs> what was that word you used? Hyperbolic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, this is it like is us getting out to uh, Miyajima. Oh, true, dude. 
and like the tide was low and like at first we thought we were going to hate it and it ended up just being like amazing like we we couldn't plan it yeah well today so right before we started podcasting like we're all getting geared up at like 8 30 it's 10 right now uh and we're like planning on doing a stream and then doing like podcast or two and then Rhett's like, hey, I don't know if you hear it, but there's this weird noise coming from, from you, from your mic. I'm like, really? I don't hear anything. And then I double check and yep, it's doing like this clicking noise over and over and over. And I spent like the last hour with Rhett just hanging out with me, like troubleshooting the mic and it's still doing it. So hopefully you guys don't hear it, but that really pissed me off. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we kind of blew that time that we were going to spend on streaming, but yeah, maybe it's a blessing. I think it'd be cool to schedule. So, yeah, um, let's uh, we'll we'll talk afterwards and put that on the books. Yeah, uh, a little bit about our game. I don't even know where what we last mentioned about our game. Uh, I think did we do a little bit of brainstorming on the podcast before? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so our interpretation this time was kind of like fusion frenzy, right? Isn't that what it's called? Yeah. So, um, it's that, and also kind of a an homage to Rollerball, the one of the first tutorials that most people learning Unity do. Uh, so, oh shoot, what did we call it? Uh, Maximum the Rollerball, which is also a combination of the band Maximum the Hormone, which is this crazy like Japanese metal band kind of. Uh, <laughs> So we got Maximum of the Rollerball, and basically it's this game where you have this platform. It's like a circular platform, and there's four balls on the platform that are different colors, and the idea is just to like sumo each other off the platform. And it's pretty cool, I think. We have a local multiplayer, so you can play with two people on the same keyboard, uh, and then we also have single player. And my, my biggest... Uh, accomplishment I feel like with that with the help of some people in stream was setting up AI that actually seems like it works Um, so like when you play both single player or local multiplayer um, the people that or the balls that are not chosen by people are just AI players and they actually like roll around they target different players uh, they knock each other off um and it works so it was a lot of fun i learned a lot about unity um and it was the first 3d game that we tried on our own which was cool so yeah it was really cool it turned out great it turned out exactly like how i envisioned it it's just it's so fun (laughs) yeah dude yeah i learned a lot about um physics for one but also um about particle systems because like one of the last features I added that I thought was pretty cool was when you knock somebody off the platform, there's this collider that you can't see that's surrounding the platform. And if the person goes through that collider, it destroys them. And at first it would just like destroy them and they just disappear. But I wanted to make it so that you can kind of see where they died. And so I added this uh, particle effect uh, that spawns basically when they go through that collider and it captures the color that they were. So the particles, like if somebody's yellow and they go through it, it kind of shoots this like sparking kind of looking thing and then it captures that their color. So it'd be yellow sparks shooting out. And it was actually much more complicated than I thought it would be to do that because what I had to do, like at runtime, they exit the collider and they get destroyed. So if there was a particle system on the player, it's getting destroyed with that player that's being knocked out and you wouldn't see it. So I tried that at first and it didn't work. So what I ended up having to do was detect um, when they go through that collider, then spawning an invisible game object that only has a particle system on it and then basically copying all of the settings from the player's particle system that was disabled and pasting them onto that game object's particle system that's just empty and like letting it sit there for a little while and then deleting it after it plays all the way through. 
So, which like in code was very tedious and I, I learned a lot about the particle system. So that was cool. Um, but yeah, the AI was also really cool. I learned about the uh, look at function, which allows you to basically uh, tell an object to look at a certain position on screen, which was really handy because that's how they kind of track each other as they're rolling around the the play space. Um, so yeah, just lots of cool learning. Rhett made some really cool music uh, for it that um, plays kind of dynamically uh, a little bit throughout earplay. And uh, yeah, the funny thing too was that uh, since we did 3D, there was literally no artwork done. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like the last game we did, uh, the last, the first OMG jam we did, the Castle Master Faster Blaster, which was 2D, and Rhett did all the artwork for that. But since it was 3D and we chose just like basic stuff, all we used were uh, Unity's primitive objects, <laughs> and I don't think it actually looks that bad. It looks kind of um, minimalistic, which is cool. So. Overall, yeah, man. I had a lot of fun. I spent a lot of time on it, and uh, just good times. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to the next one. Me too. Um, What else is new, Rhett? Do you want me just to spill my beans? <laughs> oh, I can't hear you anymore. Oh, you can't? Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, technical difficulties. Yeah, we're having a really um, good day. I don't really remember what we were talking about last, but we were talking about um, well, we, like the art and stuff. There was like no art. Yeah. I, well, I think we we wrapped up everything. Unless you stopped hearing me earlier, but uh, no, that's yeah. good. We can just jump on to the next. Yeah. Time. Um. Well, I've been busy, uh, but I can wait. What What uh What have you been up to? Dude, I had to work like crazy, and Taylor hinted at it earlier. You know, I was working like 18 hours a day for like a week, week and a half, um, which is just nuts. That doesn't normally happen, but, but uh, you know, it's that time of year. I got to take what work I can and put away a little bit of, you know, hibernation money, as it were. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I worked a whole bunch, uh, which I can't complain about. I mean, I did have time to, like, get some reading done and some other stuff. I've uh, been trying to like get a lot of prep done for uh, NaNoWriMo, which is uh, now, what, 10 days away, 11 oh, yeah, days dang. away or something. Uh -huh. So uh, I've been looking at just like getting some ideas squared away for that so that when November 1st comes around, I can just start writing without <clears throat> having to uh, do too much prep. Nice. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I pff, season one of Chaotic Amateurs wrapped. Dang, dude. So, yeah, so we're going to do storylines in a um in a season format. So, we just finished storyline number 1. We're getting ready to uh, do storyline number 2. I'm going to step out of the DM's chair and move on over to player. Ooh. So, I created my first character for for our show. <laughs> and uh I'm really excited about that. I don't know why. I haven't been so I haven't been this excited to like play <laughs> a uh an RPG in a really long time. Yeah. So Is it a continuation of the world you built or just something completely yep. new? Yep, it's a continuation of the world I built, which is I'm I'm glad because I put so much <laughs> fucking work into that. And uh and I dropped a bunch of uh like breadcrumbs in the first season about like where the second season was going to take place and all that sort of stuff. And luckily the players were on board. Um and you know the the guy who is DMing next, he was one of the players in the last season. And uh and he's excited to like pick up where I left off and like use all my ideas for the place that we're going next and so we'll see. It could be a cluster, or it could be a lot of fun. Nice, dude. Um, That's awesome. And then on, yeah, yeah, it is. I'm excited. And I don't know. On top of that, honestly, that's about it. My wife started a new job, and um, and so this week's just been a lot of just kind of getting by. Yeah, man, I feel you. Um, I've been like recovering from my last week of work, though. <laughs> Like it took it took a huge toll on me. Yeah, dude, eighteen hour days. Um, I didn't insane. really. Yeah, and the thing is, like, a lot of people give me shit because they're like, "Well, you're working out of your car and you're just like sitting most of the day, and it's not like that's that hard." But it's like, dude, your brain is flipped on all yeah. day. 
you're not just like zoning well, out. It's, like you're in a way, like I don't want to compare it to travel exactly, but it kind of is like that where you're just in a different place. Yeah. You're not in like your comfortable home or anything. And, and yeah. you're exactly right. You're, your brain is in a different mode. You're in work mode. You know, like even when I'm slow yeah. at work, it's still exhausting because I'm at work. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. And and when you have so many people that you're like trying to make happen, like there's no room for error in my job either. So uh, especially this, this job was, I guess, sort of important for the safety of others. And so <clears throat> I don't want to like talk about it too much. Yeah. Um, we get it, but, uh, people's, people's safety was at stake. Dang. And when you're like feeling that, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're, it, it's just a different work environment. So you're just flipped on the whole time. Yeah, dude. And yeah, you're exactly right. It is actually a lot like that travel mode yeah. where you're just like aware and you're focusing and you're like working through problems. Yeah. It's, it's a lot like that. Um, uh, I don't know if it's like too early for me to talk about it or not, but I did get offered uh, the contract for my next show Ooh, at the theater. Nice. So I'm excited about that. That's going to be some, some more money in my pocket. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. You playing drums so, again? Um, yeah, yeah. Do you know like what so show it's going to be? So that'll uh, be December. Do you know what? what it, like music or whatever you're playing? Or can you talk about that? What? <laughs> What's your My question? My question is... Yeah, we're playing music. I, well, no, I know, but like... <laughs> like, because normally it's a musical or something, right? Do you know what you're... What, yeah, what yeah, it is yeah. that you're playing? That was my question. Yeah, it's called a Charles Dickens Christmas. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah, I don't know anything about it other than uh, the arrangement we're playing um, was personally arranged by our music director, and it's uh, it's the debut of this arrangement. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. So it should be fun. And you know, he, he was emailing me about it and it's just like, yeah, this there's going to be a lot of artistic license in this one. So feel free to change (laughs) the music as you see fit. (laughs) I was like, all right, cool. It's like when I got the book for my first musical I ever did, I was like, I was dreading it for weeks and I was just like, Oh God, like what if this is going to be really difficult? And I open it up and it's literally like the name of the song and like how many bars is in it. With the words ad lib. <laughs> <laughs> uh, better better yeah, than so, the words tacit, right? <laughs> I know. Actually, yeah, I really liked ad libbing. It was it was a lot of fun, dude. And some of those some of those songs, dude, there's this one that just like oh it was just me and the drum set playing because I was percussion. And um so I'm like, and it's congas. So I'm like wailing on these congas, <laughs> and the drum sets like playing this tribal beat, and and on stage, dude. So the musical was Hair, and on stage they are. If you guys aren't familiar with Hair, it takes place in the '60s. This character gets his draft notice for the Vietnam War, and so it's pretty much about his life in New York. And then he gets drafted, and he dies ultimately. Um, and the fucking. Uh, musical like never failed to like bring me to tears at the end of it but there's this scene right in the middle right before the second act started where uh, the, he gets his draft card and he's like fuck this like I ain't doing this so, so they're like burn your draft card man and so there's this like tribal like dance circle around this fire pit and they're just like chanting at him and while he's like throwing his draft card into the fire and it's like me wailing on the congas and the drummer like wailing on his drum set and it, oh my god it's like the most visceral like primal like you know oh my god it was so so badass that's awesome dude <laughs> yeah and just the the whatever they did for the fire pit too like Oh, it just like ignites that like primal like instinct inside <laughs> you, you know. I was like stomping my feet and stuff while I was doing it. it was, oh. uh, that's funny, man. It's it's like that same visceral feeling that like you get when you're um you like from drumline almost, you yeah. know? Like there's something just about that, dude. Like I don't give a shit who you are, like drums like certain drum arrangements are just so freaking like primal. Yeah. Well, totally. It's like, yeah. I feel like it's a lifeline straight back into like the earliest, like earliest uh, human beings. <laughs> well, yeah, you like get in that groove, and then it's just like a trance, you know. 
Yeah. Well, and like the first instruments ever made were drums. Right. And uh, I don't know, man. You know, and if I was thinking about this like reading uh, Sapiens. Yeah, dude. Which is something else we should talk about. We should talk about that we're... I'll, I'll get to that in a yeah. second, but reading Sapiens, you know, I've been thinking a lot about, and you, you heard me talk about this a few times in Japan, but like thinking about like my like genetic lineage, yeah. you know, it's like it, it, there's, I mean, you think about how many ancestors you have, it just, it, it's um, exponential, like every generation. Yeah. And, um, and it's just crazy to think about the things that your ancestors like might have done ten, even 10,000 years ago. Right. Like you have a lot of freaking <laughs> ancestors by then. Yeah. And um and I don't know, dude, drums is just like one of those things that just like it's like this lifeline to like another time and like rhythm is something that I mean, some people have a bad sense of rhythm, but it's like rhythm is something that every human being is born with. And if you if you don't believe me, like get a stethoscope, put it up against your chest and listen to that bad boy. True. Uh, yeah, you got to wonder if that's like part of the reason why um people just i don't know naturally like music is because of- i think so and i think the reason that four four time is so prevalent is because yeah, the heartbeat is. of our heartbeat. i know i was just thinking that because our heartbeat thing. is basically four four unless you have a heart murmur like me and then you like stuff like freaking animals as leaders you know yeah. <laughs> which is i wonder if there's any any like, correlation to that i wonder if there's any like reason for that because i have a heart murmur too oh really and yeah and we both like yeah, we've weird time before. signatures and metal i think i did know that but i dude i have a bad memory i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> you're just like where are we right yeah. now <laughs> life alert <laughs> I'm talking to some stranger <laughs> on a on my headphones. What is this device on my head? <laughs> oh god. Uh, yeah, I wonder if there's any science to that. Like I remember um I an old friend of mine uh Sergio, you know him. Yeah. He uh, he presented to me when I was like 16 or 17 this theory that's just like the music that people like like can be directly um, predicted by the frequency of their brain waves, hmm. and I don't think he said it as like scientific as that, but that's like how I've broken it down over the years. It's like you can predict what type of music people like based off of the frequency of their brain waves, and um, so I wonder if like, I mean, not that the, there's nothing scientific about that. Like, it's not like he <laughs> yeah. practically like you know explored this in a laboratory and yeah. was like, ah, oh, yes, my <laughs> my <laughs> hypothesis is correct. Uh, yeah, as he like. S- you know, wipes his monocle clean. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting but, idea, though. Like, like how how does your body kind of predict what? Maybe not even music, too, but what kind of interests you have? Like, like somebody who really likes horror movies. Is there something that's biologically different about them than me? And I like somebody who doesn't like horror movies. Maybe their brain. Like you said, maybe their brain waves are different than mine, or maybe yeah, maybe see, it's that's interesting a genetic too because horror, too. Some, like, horror is definitely a biological response, uh-huh. right? It's um, and I think it's tied really closely to uh, humor, or not humor, but like like laughing, like being afraid and laughing are like two sides of the same, you know, uh, metabolic response, basically. Huh. Uh huh. Um. I don't know if that's true, but I've heard a lot of people say that. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't know if it's true either. But <laughs> this is the the alternative facts podcast, <laughs> sponsored by Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> Climate change isn't real; no. it's made up of all of the drones flying in the air and reflecting the sun waves. <laughs> um, I don't know, I don't know, but um, yeah. but yeah. So it's interesting because I'm talking about like music is like a biological response. And so then you look at horror as a biological response. And there's definitely, I mean, the reason people are attracted to horror movies and horror books and feeling afraid, like going to haunted houses, it's because it's a safe place to have this response triggered. Yeah. And it is a fun response afterwards, right? Like, well, because you know, people. you're safe. <laughs> I hate you it. You know, you're safe the whole time. No, you don't. 
which is why you don't like it. I know. <laughs> because, because of like anxiety and like real life issues. Like you yeah. can't separate, like you don't, you don't have that like compartmentalization. And, and I bet that's part of why you don't like horror. Yeah. I mean, in the back of my mind, I know that it's not real, but the idea that it, you're seeing it as if it was real, I hate because that sticks with me. And it's kind of like that idea though, like, you know, like sometimes when I get a little bit freaked out, Allie is like, Taylor, like, what makes you so special that somebody would want to break into your house and murder you? Like, no one cares about you that much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which brings up the more horrifying aspect of like when it does happen. Yeah, seriously. It's like, you're not special. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, what makes you so special that you're going to live when that happens, bro? Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Oh, dude, behind you, behind you. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine if we had video feed over. I know. You'd be shitting your pants right now. Well, it's like, dude, okay, quick tangent. Uh, Have you seen these YouTube videos of this guy... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is the weirdest thing ever. There's this guy. I think he's from uh, London or something. He videotapes himself like sitting in front of his camera, smiling. He doesn't do anything but smile. And he does it for extended periods of time. Like I'm talking like four hours. He sits in front of his camera and he smiles for four hours, doesn't move. And then he uploads them to YouTube, doesn't say anything. So he has this whole this whole YouTube channel, and it's literally like, the, when I checked this last, like two years ago, he had probably like 50-some videos that were four hours long of him smiling. <laughs> oh, but the reason that I found out about this, this guy is because this one time, he was sitting in front of his camera smiling, and his house got broken into, and dude didn't flinch. He sat there and smiled the whole time. <laughs> what did the people that broke into his house do? They, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was like. They, because you you have to actually go through the video and find where it happened. So you're like just <laughs> scrolling through this video. So he has like I'm pretty sure he has like a a room in this house and he does it in his room. And so you hear like all this ruckus in the background, right? And then. I'm pretty sure if I remember right, somebody just opens the door and they see him <laughs> sitting there and they're like, oops. And then they just close it. And then like, any chance that that's staged? I mean, definitely. But the idea <laughs> behind it is freaking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of the dog in the cartoon that, that's like, everything's on fire, but he's smiling and he's like, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite memes, dude. I love that. I know, because it's applicable to everything. Everything, yeah. This is fine. This is fine. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. I forgot all about that until just now. That's such a funny, weird, like, hole in the internet. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. But, uh, anyways. Yeah. So, (laughs) that's been my week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, I've had some crazy times. Um, dang, dude. Like, it's been so... I feel like it's been... It feels like it's been ages since we did the One Mechanic Game Jam 2. But that was two weekends ago, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was the sixth. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, what's happened? I've watched a lot of Oregon football, and it's been really depressing, because they're quarterback got injured and now they're on a losing streak but uh so there's that i guess you just have to give up on football altogether i know i actually i i mean i seriously have football players unpatriotic bro yeah patriotic. oh yeah uh god don't yeah let's let's not talk politics though remember <laughs> we should bro we should <laughs> i know i've gotten on good authority that there's some people that want us to talk about politics i know i've heard that <laughs> from you (laughs) and i think that we just need to to act like we're going to and then just not every single time so no one actually knows i mean everyone knows right they know what we think yeah yeah they got to they got to (laughs) but yeah so i've never 
in the last probably six years, I've watched nearly every, well, the only time I missed games for Oregon football was when we were in Japan. That was the first time in probably like six years. And then I've never turned off a game in that whole time. I've watched them in full. And last week we got crushed by Stanford and I like mid middle of the third quarter. I just couldn't watch. I turned it off. It's terrible. So that sucks, but that's beside the point. Um, I've been hammering away on the Udemy course and I've been hammering away on one game a month. And I don't, I think I had just started that the last time I recorded. And so what I've been doing with one game a month is streaming like usually two to three times a week, uh, my whole progress, which has been cool. Um, and it's been going really well. Um, the idea, like the theme for this month, I don't know if I talked about is darkness. And so the idea of my game is, uh, it's a 3d game and you're basically controlling a character. That's all it is is a cube. And the cube is going around the screen, trying to find items that match. And then if you find an item, you can pick it up and go try and find another one that matches. And if you combine them, they disappear. And when they do that, so meanwhile, in the background, the darkness uh, is like getting smaller and smaller around your screen. So it's like actually a vignette that's shrinking. Um, and eventually you get to the point where it's so small that it you lose, basically. But when you combine those items together, it gets bigger, like the light gets bigger. And the idea is if you, for each level, once you get the light to spread all the way, then you've beaten that level and you continue on. And uh, <clears throat> so I've gotten really far with that. The main mechanics are all done. I got help from our buddy Manbeard Games. He recommended using uh, this plugin for Unity that has a vignette in it, which is really cool. I think it's, uh, what is it? The Unity post-processing plugin, I think is what it's called. Uh, yeah, post-processing stack, you can get it on the asset store. And it's kind of in a beta phase. So that was actually pretty tricky to program, but it kind of reminded me of how the uh, particle system works. It's, it's a little bit weird. Like most of everything else that you program in Unity that I've programmed with is like component-based. Like you attach a component to an object and then you pull that into a script and manipulate the, the settings and everything from there but this one works a little bit differently because it's not a component so it's kind of odd um so i learned a lot about that got that moving uh, i've learned a lot about ray casting which is cool um and basically like a ray cast is uh they use them all the time in like first person shooter games like i'm pretty sure that's how they determine you know in like counter-strike when you shoot at somebody it actually does a ray cast at them and it detects if it hits them. Like it just shoots kind of this line from the player's gun in a direction. And if it hits another player, then, you know, it does damage or whatever. So I basically use that same concept for detecting whether or not the player can pick up an object. And I've had some weird bugs with that, but I got that worked out on stream last night, which was cool. Like at first I had the Raycast being checked on every single item but now I just have it checking from the parent or from the player to the item, and that fixed that bug. The bug basically was like even items that weren't in range of the raycast were still getting highlighted, which is kind of weird. Got that fixed. So, anyways, I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole, but that's what I've been up up to with that. It's been really fun, really rewarding. I've learned a lot, and it just feels cool to be able to like, you know, make my own game and. Uh, I think that doing this one game a month is a really great excuse for making making games, building a portfolio, learning things. So if you guys haven't checked that out, I think it's just onegameamonth.com. It's from our one of our favorite people, Krister Kaitila. Um, he's been doing one game a month for, I guess, 58 months. <laughs> and I think he... I'm not sure if he's submitted every single time, but I think he has like 40 plus games that he's made for this which is pretty cool. Um, so I've been plugging along with that. I've also been, I'm nearly done with our Udemy course, which was like a goal I had for this year was to finish the whole course. And I'm at 95% of the way through. Um, 
which is really cool. The current project that I'm working on, it's the last game that they help you make. It's called Ahoy Matey, and it's a uh, multiplayer real-time strategy game, um, which is cool. I'm excited to learn about how networking works, and, and it, it actually doesn't seem like it's all that crazy. Complicated? Yeah. Nice. Because they That's have... awesome. Yeah, they have um, network network controllers, basically, um, built in as components to Unity. And I don't know. I, I have to learn and figure out how it all works, but it works the way that you are used to seeing in games, right? Like, um, if we wanted to play Risk of Rain, for example, one of us has to set up a server, we have to host it, and then the other person joins that via IP address. And so they just have like this mechanism where somebody can create a server. The server just means it's on a machine that it doesn't have any clients on it that can play. Or somebody can host, which is um, they set up a server and are playing. So they're a, a server host and a client at the same time. And then the other parties are just clients. And it just works the same way where it like connects via IP address and... Um, you know, it passes data back and forth from the client to the server. So um, I'll have to, I have about, it's a short, short section because in the later sections, they just kind of get you started on things and show you how little mechanics work for different things, but they don't have you complete full games. Like the first person shooter one I did, um, they stopped about halfway through and was like, okay, we taught you pretty much everything you need to know for this. Go ahead and complete it yourself if you want to. And then the next one was like, um, it's called Twin Sticks. And that one, they just show you some interesting mechanics. Like they help you build a replay system, which was kind of cool. So like basically it's just this ball on a like ledge that can only go in two directions. And you're moving it around on the screen. And if you hit a certain button, it shows you the replay of like the last thousand frames or something, which was pretty cool too. Um, and then this one that I'm working on, just the networked networking game. Um, Sweet. So I'm excited to, to finish that and learn that because um, it would be cool to be able to do maximum the rollerball as a network game. Like That'd be totally cool. Extend it so you could do, so you and I could play from our computers across the state of Oregon, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so that would be really cool. Um, I still have Castle Master Faster Blaster on my mind as well about getting it onto mobile. So that's another another goal of mine, but I haven't done anything with it since we've gotten back. Although uh, one of our um, active listeners, Gabe Grimley, uh, gave me an idea, gave us an idea about how we can achieve the... Um, arc remember how we wanted to be able to do the arc and see a preview of it um right i don't yeah. know if you saw his message but he his idea was basically instead of using all the math and everything what we could do is just create um cannonballs that are just tiny little white dots that just fire all the time like on a you know every third of a second it shoots one or something and it'll just show you the normal arc of where you're at at the moment they don't do any damage or collide with anything but they just you know they fire in the air and it kind of like mimics the idea like it uses the physics engine of unity to just show you what the arc of your player is right now you know without actually doing any damage and that could be like a nice little workaround for implementing the preview i think i hadn't thought of that i think it's a cool idea um so i might try that at some point i think it'd be cool to fix all of the minor little bugs that are in that game and see if we could put it up on android the app store so that'd be dope yeah so that's what i've been up to uh as far as game dev the other thing <laughs> that happened was um my wi-fi has been just garbage like for the last couple of months and i had this asus router that i bought like two or three years ago it was like wireless n i thought it'd be plenty for an apartment 
but I've had trouble with it. I've been like going around, like changing the wireless band and trying to move it around my apartment. Um, I even got a range extender that I hooked it up to and that sucked. I got foil out because they say like if you put foil around your, your router and like point it to the area that you want it to, you know, broadcast to, it helps increase the signal strength. I was just doing everything. And one night it was like working so poorly. I spent three hours that I wanted to spend doing game dev on master resetting literally every piece of network hardware in my apartment and reconfiguring the whole thing. And like my speeds and connection just did not improve. So I was like raging over that for a couple days. And I ended up buying a whole new uh, Wi-Fi setup. Um, I got the Netgear Orbi. They call them um, wireless systems um, because it's a mesh network. Um, And basically you have like one main router that plugs into your cable modem. And then you set these satellite um, units, I guess, like access points around your apartment. And it just really boosts the signal strength of everything. And so I got it the other day and I set it up and it was like the easiest setup I've ever had with, with anything. I literally just plugged everything in, turned them on and they take a little bit to connect to each other, but they connected to each other. And then that was it. I like logged into the router and like set a password on it and like did a couple little configuration things, but then it just worked. And now like my laptop has terrible, uh, fi like the Wi-Fi chip in it is really bad. And before, like anywhere in my apartment that wasn't hardwired, I'd be getting less than one megabit down. And now I'm getting like 30 down everywhere, which is awesome. I can like do anything I want to. And on my phone, um, so my my Wi-Fi chip or whatever on my laptop is only wireless N, but the router I have is wireless AC, which is like the newest standard. Um, so the wireless N doesn't work as fast, but on my phone, it's it has wireless ac and it um i get like 110 down everywhere nice which is the exact same as my desktop which is hardwired so it's like flawless internet now (laughs) good for you man it feels like the biggest breath of fresh air ever like i (laughs) i feel like i've been living in the stone age for (laughs) for the last couple of years you know but it's like, who knew? At the time, I, I did all this research. I got like the best rated um, mid-range router. You know, I'm in an apartment. It's like a thousand square feet. Like, what do you really need? Right? Yeah. But it just didn't cut the mustard. So I went ham on this one and bought, like I dropped like <laughs> over $400 on this setup. And uh, it was a big... <laughs> It sucks dropping that much money, but like, it's just it was worth it because everything just works so well. So, pretty jazzed about that. <laughs> Sweet man. Anyways, well, good for you. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty excited. Uh, pretty excited to finish up my one game a month game and then go on to the next one next next time and then Udemy course once I'm done with that which I'm hoping I finish this weekend um, I'm going to start doing Blender I have a, the Blender course which will help me make 3D assets and then I also have the RPG course that Ben Tristan put out I think I'll do next so good things coming man um, yeah it just feels really good Oh, I also hit over 300 hours since May 1st, which is cool. So, I know. You were texting me that. I was like, damn, dude, that's really impressive. Yeah, it's been fun. Ever ever since I did uh, started one game a month, I've been averaging like 15 to 20 hours a week of game dev, which is pretty cool. Nice, dude. Yeah. Good for you. That's the best way to do it, man. I know. Just immerse yourself. Um, yeah, like... And the other thing, like last night I was streaming, and like the last probably four streams that i had before last night i probably had one to two people the whole time watching me and last night i had probably like eight at most which was pretty cool but the cool thing was um there's one guy that hopped on and you know he'd never done 
game development before and he asked for you know help getting started with unity and so i did my kind of standard plug for our udemy course but also just like the free unity um tutorials and like while i'm on stream he hops on and like does roll a ball <laughs> and he's like dude this is awesome like thanks so much for helping me out kind of thing and uh i think uh his name is zbus aqua <laughs> and uh now he's on our discord server like showing us updates and stuff so it's just really cool it felt good to like help somebody get started um and hopefully like now we're kind of a resource for him you know he was saying like like i was telling him about our podcast and how like it helped inspired me to get started and continue to push through you know and always do work because like i report back to you all the time you know but he's like yeah i, I just don't have any friends that like are interested in game development and all that stuff i'm like well you know that's what we're here for there's all kinds of game development communities out there you can join and we're trying to build one like join us we'll help you we'll give you encouragement i mean we're new too but we can try and at least push you in the right direction and that sort of thing so um just really rewarding you know it feels good helping people yeah it does well and it makes it all rewarding it's this it's like the same thing like seeing people sign up for the game jam you know yeah dude it's rewarding oh god i know so only other thing i wanted to mention was uh we got our first review it was cool our first podcast review uh, oh yeah so we haven't been pushing the reviews um as hard as we should have been like early on but um reviews and ratings are like super important to podcasts it's kind of like the the currency of this world and uh if you guys like our podcast and you know the best way to help it obviously like keep listening if that's that's your thing but if you want to take it a step further, like leave a rating, leave a review, and it helps us just like maintain a little bit more visibility on all the platforms, um, and it just helps new people discover it, you know. And it's like it's like a nice, easy way of helping people find podcasts because you know if you're listening to podcasts and you're a regular podcast listen listener like I am, and sometimes it's not enough to like tell your friends about how great a podcast is. Like I've been to like tooting the glories of crit juice for years and only recently have i gotten my brother to listen and also another friend of the show john schaefer to listen um and you know now they've blasted through them and they really enjoy it and they're a part of the community that they have but like it just it just wasn't enough for me to tell everybody and so like you know i probably got more people listening to that show just like with a good rating and a good review than i did like telling everyone yeah seriously so. i think well and that's that's the thing is like the people you talk to i mean everybody has their own interests if if you tell them that you know you listen to a good podcast you know that's that's great but what's the likelihood that they're going to actually like seek that out and find it and and listen to it you know whereas somebody just anonymous to you uh who's looking for a particular podcast like let's say they click on game devs quest and you've written a review saying this is a good podcast you know, now that now that they see that review, they're going to be more likely to to listen to it, especially because they're seeking it out themselves. You know, so yeah. Well, and you know, it's like we all have this when we're talking about anything with a friend face to face. Like it's a conversation, it's a dialogue. You say, "Dude, I got I know this great podcast. It's called Game Devs Quest. It's all about game development, and these guys are great. Like you know." Um, sometimes they can be funny and a lot of times they're just talking about whatever and it's super insightful and helpful and transparent and blah, 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 blah. And then their friend goes, Oh dude, you like game dev podcast? Have you ever heard of coffee with butterscotch? And then suddenly the focus is taken completely off of <laughs> the, you know, the original, or it's the same thing with music. Oh dude, have you ever heard of this? Oh, it's like, Oh dude, if you like heavy distorted guitars, like you should check out this. Yeah. You know, it's, it's always <laughs> like people trying to like, you know, because that's what conversations are. It's nobody's fault. Yeah. But have you ever seen somebody leave a review and then somebody leaves a review and it's like, Oh dude, well, if you like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, most of the time it's the opposite, right? It's like, Oh dude, well, if you like coffee with butterscotch and you're looking for something else, like give this one a go. These guys are nice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, like you said, it just increases visibility for us. You know, we've been, We've been podcasting a while now. I mean, eight months or something at this point, I think. And uh, that, that was our first review. 
So like if somebody were to come across us and, and see zero reviews, it's kind of like, well, I don't know who even knows if this is good or whatever. But so the fact that, uh, we have one now is pretty cool. So I wanted to shout out uh, guitar mate. He said, love these guys. He rated us five stars. He said, Rhett and Taylor are hilarious fun. And the podcast is super creative. Five thumbs way up. So that just like, well, thanks guitar mate. I know. I mean, it, it's really fun interacting with people on Twitter and uh, now our Discord server and Twitch and everything. But the fact that we are a podcast and we have our first review and it was like that nice, it just like it put a smile on my face. And uh, yeah, it just felt it, it was another thing reinforcing uh, the idea that like what I'm doing is worth something to somebody, you know. So I appreciate your review, Guitar Mate. Really Really made me happy, so. <laughs> I concur. Whoop, whoop. Uh, what else, dude? Um, yeah, man. We're kind of coming up against our time, but one thing else I want to talk about that's uh, hopefully been taking up as much of your time as it has been mine, uh, we've been looking at creating a new podcast. Oh um, yeah. And it's not going to detract at all from our time with Game Devs Quest, so don't fret, dear listener. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, a friend of ours uh, from high school, you've probably heard us talk about him a couple times because uh, he was in our band and all this other stuff. Uh, his name's Kurt. He uh, lives over in Washington, D.C. now and has been wanting to get some people together to uh, read some books. Um, and so me and Taylor got to talking with him and we thought, man, this would be a great podcast. Like we can have a book club, uh, you know, um, forum to follow along. And uh, specifically, I think we're trying to focus on like nonfiction specifically. I don't know if we like the rules that we established yet all the way, but um, yeah, I don't know specifically. I think that seems to be all of our focuses individually. Although I know Kurt at one point said classics would be cool. I think it's really just anything that's going to kind of challenge our beliefs and push us towards learning more about the world. And, you know, sometimes like reading fiction does that too. Like, when I was in college, I took a class called uh, Western or History of Western Civilization, I think. And what we did was each week we read a fiction book about a particular time uh, in European history. And then we looked at like the themes and everything from that book and saw how it like applied to the, the actual history text that we were reading as well. And it was just like really interesting to see how those fiction stories like taught us about actual history, you know? So I think that could be a part of like part of it, an element. Um, but as you said, probably I think the first three books we've chosen are all nonfiction, right? I think so. I haven't quite settled on my choice, but yeah. Um, I was looking primarily at nonfiction. So. Yeah, same here. Um, so if you guys are interested, I mean, it's something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast, like, you know, just simple ways to like sort of better yourself, keep learning, keep expanding your horizons. Mm -hmm. Um, reading books is a primary way of doing that. I think we talked about on the podcast, the book, um, games without rules, yeah, which I think was so. huge for me, um, yeah. in terms of my appreciation for other cultures and history. So uh, we're kind of hoping to get the same benefit out of this book club. And if you guys are interested in reading along and joining our conversations on, um, you know, online and following along with podcasts, like we're going to have that up soon. We don't, we haven't quite settled on a name or anything like that, but uh, we are uh, gearing up to release our first um, episodes and all that sort of stuff. So uh, stay posted for that and we'll make sure that we let you guys know if it's something that you're interested in doing. Yeah, totally. Um. And if you're interested in getting a jump start, the book we're reading now is called Sapiens by uh, Yuval Harari or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And I got to say... Yuval Noah Harari. I, uh, I'm almost done with the book. I'm listening to it on audiobook. I have like one chapter left, basically. And dang, dude, <laughs> the book is insane. It's got to be one of my favorite books I've ever read, honestly. Um, it's just really insightful and, and we're going to talk about this more on the other one but it's just like the matter of fact tone that they take in, the, in this book it just is like very humbling as a human <laughs> and 
just it, I I honestly like laugh a lot of times in that book because it, it's just so like well like I know that lots of people will have issues with what I'm saying but like this is just the cold hard fact and, and <laughs> yeah, there it is like, this is the truth yeah <laughs> I don't so, got time to say it another way <laughs> yeah so sorry if I hurt your yeah. feelings like I understand if you don't like it but this is how it is so however you want to take that it's fine <laughs> yeah man well so. kind of up against the top of our time um so i think this is probably a good of place as any to to wrap this one up what do you say sounds good man awesome uh, we really want to thank you guys for chiming in and we don't want to beat the dead horse too much in this episode but please 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 go give us a rating and a review if you like the show if not just keep listening and uh you know chiming in on twitter and all that sort of thing uh you can find us over there twitter um at Game Devs Quest. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash our podcast, or, you know, you can just uh, follow along from your favorite uh, podcast app or platform. Uh, we're on Stitcher, we're on iTunes, might be on Google Play, I'm not quite sure. Um, but you can also just listen along from our website, we're at airpodcast.com. Um, and uh, something else I was thinking of, we uh, are trying to be a little active on Reddit, at least a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I think our username is what? Uh, Game Devs Quest. <laughs> yeah, Game Devs Quest. So, and we post a lot in the Game Devs um, subreddit and all that sort of thing. So. Yep. And uh, if you guys are interested too, we do have a Discord server up. So, uh, if you contact us any of those other any of those ways that we just mentioned, um, and want an invite, we'll send you an invite. So, be happy to have you join the Discord server, start a conversation, share what you guys are doing with other. Uh, other game devs that are a part of the, our, the game devs quest uh, community. So yeah, man. Awesome. Well, I think that about does it for this week. So uh, in case you forgot, I'm Rhett. I'm Taylor. Thanks for tuning in guys. Cue that music. Oh yeah. <laughs>